Good morning. Can everyone hear me? Yes. Hello. How are you all this morning? Good. We're expecting about sort of 100 more people to turn up in 10 minutes' time when they realise that they haven't changed their clock, okay? <laughs> so um, let's just wait and see what happens. We'll give them all a cheer when they walk in, shall we? Yeah? Okay, let's do it. Right. Well, welcome, everyone. My name's Nick, and uh, I'm... Um, I come to this church. I'm one of the leaders of this church. I, um, lead, I currently lead the Marriage Life Group, and uh, we're having a great time on Thursday evenings, learning a lot and growing a lot as, as couples. And uh, this morning, what I'm going to do is, is carry on um, our series in Ephesians. So last week, uh, Tom and Hannah spoke to us from Ephesians 4, verses 1 to 7, and they talked about unity, what unity is, what it means. Um, they, they talked about how we can encourage each other and how we can encourage unity by supporting and strengthening each other. And we're going to carry on in Ephesians 4 this morning and uh, read from Ephesians 4, verses 7 to 16. It will come up on the screens when I read it in a minute. But before I do that, I'm going to pray. Okay, I think God was really there. In the, God is always here, but he was, he was powerfully moving, wasn't he, in the worship time. And for me personally, I, you know, it's been an interesting weekend. Lots of things have happened to us as a family. And, uh, but God, I just felt reassured in that worship time that God is moving. And there are, people, there are loved, loved ones and, and friends away because maybe they've got COVID. There's all sorts of things going on in society, isn't there? And worries and concerns. But it's great, isn't it, to come here and to focus on Jesus. And uh, that's what I want to do this morning. I want to give you a picture an image of what the church is. I want to tell you what the church is, okay? And I want to uh, preach from Ephesians and really bring that to you this morning. And hopefully we can go from this room excited and full of excitement and expectation for what Jesus is doing in this church. So let's pray. I've set it up, so let's pray. Right. Lord Jesus, we just, we just pray, to, pray for this morning that you will come and meet with us as, uh, as we look at your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that you bring the words of life. Thank you that in this book uh, is all that we need to live, the guidance, the wisdom that we need to live. And so, Father, as we open it, as we look at it, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and move amongst us and open our hearts to what you are saying to us. As, help us to receive this as your people and uh, help me as well, God, to, to get across everything that you've spoken to me about over the past few weeks, I pray. Amen. Right, let's look at Ephesians 4. So, Ephesians 4, verse 7 to 16, I, I will read. Here we go. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, that's Jesus... He led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions, the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, um, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain 
to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So I don't know if anyone in this room has ever made a flat pack. Um, and I, I won't name names, but there's a, a giant Swedish company um, who I'm sure we've all had the pleasure of making one of their flat packs. Um, I, um, I, Corey and I have often been, we've uh, thought we need to buy this, we need to fill this space in our room, so let's go and buy a flat pack, a bit of furniture. And uh, you go into the store, you, look, you, you go downstairs, you pick up the box, and you think, yeah, that'll, 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 that'll fit in the car, no problem. Um, you get to the car park, you open the car, and you think, oh dear, <laughs> how am I going to get this in? So you're shoving it in, and you see other people shoving these things in. You put the seats forward, and uh, then you drive home, kind of like this, don't you? Just hoping that the police have got other things to do, you know, <laughs> that day, as you're driving home. And uh, you get it home, you open the box, and inside the box is an instruction manual. And in, the, uh, in, in, that in that instruction manual, on the front cover, you have a picture of what it is that you are building. Okay, and you think, yes, this is it. You open it up, and on the front page, on the first page, you have what you need to build the church. Sorry, I'm giving it away now. Well, you, have <laughs> you have what you need. <laughs> Honestly, you cannot get flat-packed churches in Ikea. I just want to say that, right? <laughs> you have what you need, okay, to build, you, to build this flat-pack. So, you, you know, you need a screwdriver. You need a hammer. You need ten times these screws, three times these fixings. And you put it out, on, if you're organized like me, you put it out on the table and you go, yep, 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 yep. Okay, and then you open the next page. And it tells you how to make this thing, doesn't it? There's a sort of funny, bubbly person who's sort of pointing that way and hammering that way. And you think, right, okay, now we know how to do it. And uh, in Ephesians, what Paul has done, he's laid down, if you like, an instruction manual of how, of what the church is and how we build the church. And scholars actually think that Paul wrote Ephesians not just with the church in Ephesus in mind. But the way he's laid it out is, is slightly different to other letters. And actually, he's laid it out in a way that we can all use as an instruction, as a way of teaching us, well, what is the church about and how can we build the church? And so this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at, well, what are we building here? What, what is this all about? And I'm going to also ask the question, with what are we building here? And then I'm also going to ask the question, well, once we know with what and with what, well, how? How do we build what we're building here? So what is being built here? Well, Paul describes the church. And when I say the church, I mean you and I. Paul describes the church as the body of Christ. You and I are the body of Christ. And in Corinthians, Paul says, each of us, 
has a part to play in this body. And to understand the body, it's important to understand the head, Jesus. And Paul gives us a glimpse in this passage of who and what Jesus is and what he has done. And he uses Psalm 68. And it's interesting that he uses Psalm 68 because what Paul is doing subconsciously or probably consciously is is saying that actually the Old Testament and the New Testament are very interlinked. And so we get a picture from the Old Testament of what Jesus is and who he is and what he has done. And Paul says that Jesus descended. Jesus descended to earth. God descended in Jesus, in Christ, to do his saving work. We were in desperate state, in a desperate state. We've read this, we've seen this already in Ephesians. We were dead in our transgressions and sins. And Jesus came to rescue us. God descended to rescue us. And we see the Jesus of the Gospels, this Jesus who we can identify with, this Jesus who came to earth, who lived as a human, who worked, who sweated, who made friends, this Jesus who healed people, this Jesus who set people free, this Jesus who taught people, this Jesus who died on the cross for our sins, this Jesus who rose again three days later, this Jesus who we can identify with, the stories that make sense, that we can, we can understand, this Jesus is now ascended on high and sits in all authority. And Paul, in Ephesians, before this passage, in Ephesians 1, he says this, he describes it in this way, and I'll read these verses to you. He says, God has seated Jesus at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet. And he gave Jesus as head over all things to the church. God has placed Jesus in a position of all authority and all victory. And the act of sitting in this passage means it is done. It's finished. Nothing else can be accomplished. Jesus has done it. He has seated down. He has taken. He is in all authority. Nothing can be changed. Nothing can be defeated. Nothing can be turned around. What Jesus has accomplished in conquering sin and death, as we were singing about this morning, it is done. And Jesus ascends in victory. He sits in all authority. And more than that, God then gives Jesus a people. And, and, uh, and the Bible describes his people as his body, as Jesus' body. We are the ascended Christ's body, the church. And God's intention is that this church, you and I, will reign with Jesus in his authority. And we'll unpick that a bit as we go on. And God's intention is that the fullness of Jesus, everything that Jesus is, all that he brings, his peace, his love, his grace, his power, his authority, will be seen through you and I, seen through the church. And then more than that, he says in this passage, he ascended and he took captives. He descended and he ascended, and as he did that, he took captives. He defeated principalities and powers. There is, a, an evil, there is evil in this world. 
There, is, there are spiritual forces who will try and oppose God, who will try and oppose the church. But Jesus has defeated them. And these things that stop us from knowing God, stop, inhibit us, fill us with fear, stop us from fulfilling our potential, Jesus has defeated them. And he turns this victory he uses his authority to do more. He gives us gifts. He gives the church gifts. And Jesus summed it up as he ascended. When Jesus, he rose again, he spent time with his followers, and then he ascended to heaven. And this is what he said just before he ascended. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the very end of the age. We are the body of the ascended king. We are the body of this Jesus who has defeated principalities and powers. We are the body of this Jesus who is seated at the right hand of God in all authority, we are his body. We have been given all authority to bring love, to bring peace, to bring freedom, the righteousness, the healing, the reign of Jesus, our head, to this world. And I don't know about you. If I'm honest, I look around and I look at myself and I think that's sometimes difficult to get my head around. <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're in a, we're, we're, there's not loads of us here today. You know, and you think, God, what are you doing? But this is the truth. Let's remind ourselves on this. We're a small body that is going to make a massive difference in our society, in our town, is making a massive difference. And we are building the body, the church. God has ordained us to continue the work of Jesus on this earth. We have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit who enables us, who guides us, who equips us, who draws us to God, who helps us understand things, who gives us the power that we need to bring Jesus' authority to this world, to everyday life. And wow, what a body, what a church, what a church we are part of. And the world will try and belittle it, the world will try and bring it down and put images of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of irrelevant, it's dying, it's this, that. Don't believe any of it. As a teenager, I remember when I became a Christian quite young, and then when I was in my early teens, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And my eyes were opened to what Jesus is doing in his church. And I remember seeing people around me saved, being saved from sin, being healed, being set free. Someone who I knew was set free from witchcraft, from drugs. I remember in our church, we were in Dartford at the time, we, were, we put a float on in the Dartford Carnival, and uh, we had a band on this back of this lorry, we were chucking sweets out, giving leaflets out to people, inviting people, and we won first prize. And I remember as a teenager thinking, this is brilliant, look at this. There was, it, was, it captivated me. It still captivates me. I just think about, you know, I, to be honest, I can't get it out of my mind. You know, what else are we thinking about? The beautiful body, the church of Jesus. I remember 
um, being, you know, just inviting my friends to church and thinking, you know, this is what they want to hear. This is what they need because it had captivated me. And amongst us in this church today, there are so many stories of what God has done in our lives. I was talking to a friend the other week who was telling me how he became a Christian. It was incredible. God is transforming lives amongst us in this room and beyond in the you know, kind of life groups, the people that aren't here today. God is transforming our lives. And then you think about the international church, the church all around the world today, different settings and auditoriums in people's front rooms, some people in freedom, sadly, some people under threat, worshipping Jesus. Think about what the church is bringing to our societies, impacting people, the love of, with the love of Jesus, bringing training, support, justice, skills, provision to people in need. This church, this body is an incredible thing. Let's tell the world about the beauty of it. We have friendship here. Jesus has said, I've called you friends. We are friends with God, and that friendship overflows, doesn't it, into each other. We are family. In 1 John, John writes, if we love God, we love each other. This is family. We, that love that God has shown us overflows to each other. This is home. This is where the Holy Spirit dwells. The Holy Spirit dwells in each of us and amongst us, and we, we saw a glimpse of that this morning. And this is home. This is where we belong. This is love. A love affair. It started with a love affair between us and God, which spills out into each other, doesn't it? And I love the words of Nicky Gumbel in the Alpha Course. He, he says about the church, the church is not a museum, but a hospital that loves people back to life, restores people. We don't go to church. We are the church. And through the church, in these verses, we see that Jesus is filling all things. You know, Jesus, he could have filled all things by himself. He flung stars into space. You know, he said he was there at the beginning of, of creation. But Jesus has chosen to use us, his body, his church, you and I, to fill all things. And he fills us with grace, with gifts of power, with, um, with, with uh, authority to fill all things. And Jesus, he will, he accomplishes his will on earth through us, through the influence of us. It's not just these kind of great people that you hear about who are kind of brought social justice and change, who are influencing society. It's you and I. It's you and I as we go into the workplace, as we represent Jesus in the workplace, as we represent Jesus to our neighbours at the school gate, wherever we are, it's us that are influencing this world for Jesus. We are bringing the fullness of Jesus into this world. Us, the body, we are the extension of Jesus on this earth. We're an extension of his reign, of his wisdom, of his power, even his judgment. And how you participate in this body has a direct impact on you, on us, bringing the kingdom of God into this world, bringing the fullness of Jesus into this world. So, what gifts, what tools have we been given? What have we been given to build the church? Well, it says in verse 7 that each one of us has been given gifts. So, we're not, we're not clones 
You know, we're not saved and then suddenly it's like, I am a Christian, you know. We're all being given unique gifts. Um, we've been given gifts of varying measure. And uh, God's grace doesn't just stop at our salvation. But God carries on showing us grace by giving us gifts. And in his wisdom, he gives us gifts according to different measures. And in our weakness and in our failings, God gives us gifts to build his church. And these gifts, they cause oneness. Because these gifts that we're given, they help us to serve one another. And they put us under each other, and they cause us to rely on each other. And there is great variety, and we saw some of that variety this morning, didn't we, in the, in the, in the, in the worship time. There's spiritual gifts, tongues, prophecy, encouragement, teaching, healing, practical gifts, serving, admin, hospitality. There's skills that God has given us, art, communication, music. There's gifts of grace, maybe your house, or your money, or your time, or your, your mouths, or your hands. You know, we mustn't overcomplicate or kind of over-spiritualize this. Jesus has put resources in all of our hands. And how will we use them? It's looking at your life with open arms and saying, I've got this. How can I use it for you, Jesus? How can I use this to build your body? How can I bring your fullness to this world? And if you really can't think of what to bring, of what to do, if you're thinking, you know what, I just don't know what I can bring, what I can give, what, how I can serve, how I can build the body, well, this sounds a bit corny, but you are the gift. <laughs> and uh, you can bring yourself. You can bring your time. You can bring your energy. And this isn't just about Sunday gatherings either. This is about everyday life. This is about those text messages encouraging someone. This is about opening your house. This is about saying, you know what, I can, I'm really good at accounts. Let me help you with accounts. This is about, I've got big muscles. Let me use them to help you with your garden or whatever. This is about us using the gifts, the skills that God has given us to build the body, to bring the fullness of Christ to this world. And as we operate in our gifts, we operate from a place of security. We are under Jesus, we are under his authority, submitted to him, and we have absolutely nothing to prove. There's no place for comparison. There's no place for competitiveness in the church, in this church. It's not about us. These are about the gifts of grace that God has given to us. And Paul uses the image of a body to describe the church. He uses it a lot in the New Testament. And each part is important. And if, not, if one part is not working or decides not to participate, it has an impact on the rest of the body. Take my leg, for example. Okay. My wife always says I've got nice legs, but that's probably because she's married to me. Um, anyway, moving on. It's my gift. That's my gift to the church. There you go. Um, so um, take my leg. Where do I go from there? If my leg, okay refuses to take part in my body <laughs> and says, you know what, today I just can't be bothered. Today I, I'm just tired, okay? What happens? The whole body has to pull it, doesn't it? Like this, okay? And what happens to my leg? My leg will either become weak 
and be susceptible to winds of doctrine or other things, pulling it away or other you know, worldly cultural pressures maybe. Or we'll become fat and we'll just be like, you know what, I'm here to be fed. Feed me, feed me. And the leg misses out, doesn't it? My leg misses out on what God has meant it to be, on what God has made it to be. My leg misses out on its calling. And what my leg needs to do is say, I am a leg. (laughs) I've got these God-given gifts, okay? (laughs) I've been given authority to be a leg. Lord, I can do it by myself. (laughs) So I'm going to do leg things. Have you got a gift, got a skill that you can use to build the body? And I know many of you are using your gifts and your skills in wonderful ways to encourage, to build the body of Christ, bringing the fullness of Jesus to this world. And I, I want to say, be encouraged, because what you do has eternal consequences. You are building the kingdom. And one day, Jesus describes how when we will meet Jesus face to face, and I don't understand all the ins and outs of this, Jesus will say, well done, good and faithful servant. You persevered, you endured to the end, you used the gifts, the resources I gave you to build my kingdom. And I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you more to have, to enjoy. And this is what Paul is touching on here. We have been called to reign with Christ. How we use our gifts has eternal consequences. But some of you maybe, if you're being completely honest, maybe know that you're not using your gifts. You're not using your skills to their fullest. And I would just say, you know, ask God, how can I do, what can I do? What can I bring? And there are many areas in this church that we really need support. We need help. And we need gifts sorely. Kids work, welcome, coffee, discipleship, (laughs) youth, football team. I think, as far as I know, the football team still hasn't got a secretary. (laughs) You know, the body of Christ needs us all to participate and be part of it. So we know what, and we know with what. So the the last bit is, well, how? How do we build the church? Well, firstly, we build it by sitting. And that might sound a bit strange when I've done this big illustration about a leg. (laughs) But we do it by sitting. Over the past few weeks, we've been hearing some of the incredible truths, some of the incredible things that Jesus has done for us. We've been chosen from the foundation of the world, adopted into God's family, saved by God's grace, made spiritually alive. We've been filled with the Holy Spirit. We've been, we are a chosen people. We are now new, one new person in Christ. The barriers, the divides of culture and race have been destroyed, and we are one new person in Christ. We have been called... We, for good works. Good works have been prepared for us in advance to do. And as we respond practically to some of these amazing truths, the temptation 
is to forget often the foundation, isn't it? This position that we sit in, that we stand in. And, you know, we'll often try and work out our lives through, by guilt or condemnation or duty. And that's not at the heart of what I, am, I was saying previously. What we are doing is we are first and foremost sitting in the grace and forgiveness of God. We sit with Christ in the heavenlies, under and with his authority, and we sit and rest in the wonderful gifts that God has given us, those gifts of grace, that ex- those extensions of his grace to us that are unique to us. And we always start in that place. We never do anything out of duty or guilt or condemnation. Secondly, we build the church by equipping and building each other up. Jesus equips the church so that we may equip each other. And there's a there's a, a list of, of roles in this passage that Paul gives us. Apostles and prophets. And they are there to build foundation and to bring revelation to the church. And we, we believe that there are apostles and prophets um, today. And so our very own Morris, who um, is out in Sweden, is doing apostle things as we speak. And I, I texted him a few weeks ago and said, you know, so how's it going? What, 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 are you, what are you doing? You know, I didn't mean it in that way. You know, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and he said, well, I'm looking to bring faith and hope to the people, to these churches in Sweden. And that is the role of an apostle. They bring faith. They bring foundation. They bring teaching. They bring strengthening and support. And our, this church has, be, has, has grown and has developed, and some of the decisions that have been made have been on the back of prophecies of, from, from recognized prophetic people. And then we have evangelists, people who herald the good news to unbelievers. They gather people in so that they can hear the truth. And then we have shepherds or elders and teachers who teach the church to know God, to understand doctrine, to bring faith, to help people mature, to protect the church from false doctrine. And these roles, these these designated roles, are put in place to equip us as people, as God's people, and they're put in place, and Paul says here, they equip the saints to do the work of ministry. So we are all being equipped to do the work of ministry. We are equipping each other to equip each other. We're all equipping. (laughs) And we all have a part to play, equipping each other. There's not a hierarchy here. You know, apostles, prophets, shepherds, or elders, they're not better. They might have different measures of gift or skill. They may have different levels of authority. But we all have skills. And this is the point of what Paul is saying here. We all have skills, we all have gifts, and we all have authority to build the church. Thirdly, we build the church by attaining maturity and unity. As a body, corporately, this is what we were talking about last week, through the equipping of each other, Jesus is maturing us. Jesus is making us more like him to demonstrate his fullness into the world. He's maturing us so that we're not tossed to and fro by by the latest trend on YouTube or whatever. He's maturing us so that we are mature Christians bringing fullness to this world. But individually, we also have responsibility here. And Paul always holds this in balance. 
We are corporately building the church as together equipping each other, but we are also individually building the church through our own responsibility. And Paul's constantly, in this, in Ephesians and in other books, he encourages us to grow up. He says, don't be like children in your thinking. Be mature. Why does he say that? Well, because as we all know, children bring many, many good things. But they are vulnerable, aren't they? They're vulnerable to deceit. They, they have a, a lack of understanding of the world, of what's around them. They're easily persuaded. That's why we have safeguarding teams. And, and Paul uses the picture here of, of uh, winds and waves and currents. And he says the winds are like influences that can pull us away. The latest theory, untested biblical teaching, cultural conditioning that you pick up from around you in the media or whatever. And these winds, they blow us into waves. They create waves. And I don't know if anyone's been caught under a wave. I have, and it's not very pleasant. And you stand up and you think, what happened there? And the winds create waves. And these waves, they toss us about. And then they push you into currents. They carry you away with unsound doctrine and unbiblical teaching and this cultural conditioning. And before you know it, you're off. You're away from what God has for you. And you're not where God wants you to be in life. And Paul says, come on, be aware of this. Grow up. Let's not be children anymore. Let's grow ourselves up. Let's gain knowledge from the word of God. Let's be filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Let's humbly accept the advice of wiser people. Be discipled. Understand the culture you live in. Work hard to understand it. Be aware of what is behind some of these deceits and some of this, this, this kind of craftiness that Paul describes. We'll talk a bit more about that when we look at Ephesians 6. I can tell that my teenagers, I have three, are growing up because they start to support, they start to help the family. And in doing that, in equipping the family, they bring unity to my family. And it's the same for us in this church, isn't it? A mark of maturity in us as Christians is that we don't think individually anymore. We think corporately. We are unified. We work to support and equip and help each other. And finally, we build the church by speaking truth. Paul says in verse 15 that in order to help each other grow up into the fullness of what Jesus has for us, we must, must speak the truth in love to each other. And often these verses are used as a, as a reason to maybe point out kind of error in people's lives. And on, and on one level, that is true. But in the context of the previous verses about not being deceived and not being pulled away by the world and by conditioning of the world, what, these verse, what he means by speaking the truth in love is we need to speak biblical truth to each other. And as we speak to each other, we grow up, don't we? As we speak truth to each other, we're less likely to be deceived. As we speak truth to each other, it's the loving thing to do. We build each other up in love. And as we do this, people, it does people good, doesn't it? It draws people to Jesus. 
It matures them. It makes them more like Jesus. It preserves them. I love that word, preserves them. When you hear a, a, a truth from the Bible, you feel preserved, don't you? You think, yes, I can get through the day now. I'm safe. I'm secure in Jesus. Biblical truth gives people hope. Think about a time when someone has spoken biblical truth to you. Maybe they've read it to you. They've put it in a card. They've sent a text message to you. Or you've heard it in a sermon or a message. What impact has that had on you? And Paul is saying, it's, it's as simple as this. Just speak biblical truth to each other. We must talk to each other. We must speak truth. We must build each other up. Speak the word of God to one another. Speak promises. Speak warnings. Fill our mouths with the word of God. So we've got an amazing picture here in Ephesians 4 of what the church is, of what Jesus has done, what he's accomplished, what he is doing, and how we build the church. We are part of an amazing thing. And we are to be a mature and unified body that brings the fullness of Jesus into this world. And we've been given gifts to do it, gifts of grace to do it. So let's equip each other. Let's use these gifts. Let's speak truth to each other and let's love one another as we do that. So I'm going to draw this to a, a close and if the band would like to come up. As I've been, um, as I've been preparing this, this service, I just really feel God has, has given me a few words for people, not specific people, but just generally. And I just, you know, I really believe that as I was Walking down the, the hill this morning, I just felt God say that he wants to unlock things in people's lives. And I think there's been an element of that, hasn't there, already this morning through the worship. And um, I just really feel that God um, that had this word of self-limiting come into my mind. And I just feel that there are people in this room who struggle to get involved, who worry about getting involved with the church, with the body of Christ, I'm not just talking about Sundays, I'm talking about every, you know, every, all week. Because of fear. Because of you're, you're self-limiting yourself. You go, I just can't do it. And I'm worried, what will people think? Or, you know, I'll make a fool of myself. Well, we've heard this morning that we are in Christ. We sit in Christ. You are in the safest, securest place you can ever be. I also feel that people are self-limiting because of hang-ups. Maybe because of unforgiveness. I've been there. I know what that feels like. You know, you know, just because of past experiences, things that have happened, you think, you know, I'm just going to protect myself. Well, a wise person said to me once, you're the only person who is putting yourself in prison. <laughs> and I just feel that that's for someone here this morning. And uh, I also had this word about a football team. It's quite apt over the past couple of weeks. And I don't know about you, that image of people lining up to be picked for a football team. And you are saying to yourself, you know what, I can't do this because I am unskilled. I've got nothing to give. I'm the last, always the last to be picked. I would love to help that person. I would love to serve in that way, but I can't. And I just feel God wants to say to you, there is, everyone is the A team in this, <laughs> in this room, Okay. There are no people left to sit on the subs bench. 
And then finally, I just feel that God wants to say about authority. And he wants to remind some people here this morning that you've got to believe these words. You have been given authority to bring Jesus' fullness to this world. You have been given permission. You have the stamp of Jesus to take him to wherever you need to. Your workplace, your home life, serving in the church, around you. And he wants you to push through that, push through fear and limiting, self-limiting. You have his authority. So let's, uh, I'm going to pray, and then I think the band are going to start. I've got a song for us, and then over to Tom. Yeah, Lord Jesus, we just pray that you will help these words that we've read about and talked about and, and thought about this morning to sink deeply into our souls. We want to thank you that you are the ascended king. You are seated in all authority. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you give us good gifts, gifts of grace to serve and build and equip each other up to bring your fullness to this world. And I pray, Father, that you will fill us with a, a hope and an authority to do that, Father. We just ask you for your hand to be upon us as we go into this week. And we will be people that go with our eyes wide open, with our heads held high. We are bringing you, your fullness, to this world. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.